You are listening to Crosstalk. A safe place to discuss addiction, recovery, harm reduction, and everything in between. Support for this podcast comes from the Kentucky Opioid Response Effort and Advocates of Recovery. Content and production by the team at Turning Point Recovery Community Center. Now, buckle up and get ready for the show. Welcome everyone to Crosstalk Recovery, the recovery podcast that supports all forms of recovery. I'm Matt Lewis, and with me today is Sam Peterson. I'm Max Grantham. Hey, Max, how you doing today? I'm good doing really you, good, thank you. Max, otherwise known as the angel of Centerpoint. <laughs> Isn't that you, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I am the site administrator of Centerpoint Recovery Center for Men. Uh, more importantly, I'm a person in long-term recovery. For me, that means that I haven't had a drink or used a list of drugs since January 23rd of 2010. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I know that I... When I got to Centerpoint, I really looked up to you, Max, as someone uh, that I could relate to. You know, I think that's an important part of, of the um, Kentucky Recovery Program is the peer support thing, that having people that you have been where you've been that you can look up to and relate to, um, you know, and that just helped me to stay connected and be like, okay, if this guy has been where I've been and can do this, then it's possible for me to do it too. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot to be said for uh, lived experience. You know, yeah. I have. Uh, I was. Uh, I was uh, in the throes of addiction for about 38 years. You know, I uh, I, I battled it in and out, and uh, got in all kinds of trouble, and wound up at center point. I'm a product of that program myself. When I showed up at the front steps of center point, I was in a prison uniform with shackles on the hands and <laughs> yeah. feet. Because uh, 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 the DOC had transported me there, and uh, I had 22 and a half years over my head. And uh, recovery's been so good to me, you know. It's uh, and and it's not so much as the abstinence and the staying away from drugs, but a change in the way of life, you know, a lifestyle. You were a special yes. case at Center Point, right? I was. Yeah. Most of the time, the guys get to leave, go to outside meetings, that kind of thing. That, you weren't that type of guy, though, right? That, no, the the judge that uh, he he put a "Don't take your eyes off of him" order on me, so I kind of I kind of had to stay there all the time. I could go to meetings, uh, so I did get a lot of meetings. But it's a so it was a, but I think it was good for me. You know, I don't think it hurt me at all. And I, uh, I completed the program. I, by the way, only had two issues coming through the whole thing. Both of them were signed wow. and out. Got me issues, beat. So, <laughs> well, <you know. laughs> I actually made it this time without any. You go, bud. <laughs> the the key word awesome. there is this time. This time. <laughs> correct, correct. I have been. There. I was a. I was a two time. Yeah. Two time. Uh, center point graduate. Hey, it takes what it takes, don't it? It yes, does. It does. Yeah. yeah. But I. Uh, I uh, I stayed on as a peer mentor, and I'd done that for a little while. And uh, an interesting, you know, I was struggling with whether to do the peer mentor thing or not. And this is how uh, I was I was uh, asking for a sign, you know. And I was in the library, and a, a, a good friend we both know, we all three know. He he walked in the library, and he had a shirt on that said "Passion over Profit," and I took that as a sign to stay and do the peer mentor thing. It was the best decision I'd ever made. I uh, did the peer mentor thing. I got a job as a caseworker. I did that for a little while. Um, I got a job as an office clerk. 
I was the ugliest secretary in Kentucky. <laughs> that's not. That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I done. And uh, then I got a job as the office manager. I was that for a number of years, and then I got offered a job as a phase two coordinator, and I did that for a number of years, and I loved it. And I got offered this job recently. But about a year ago or so, and I, I loved it. I love recovery. I love helping the guys. I love being around them. I like the earthlings, but they bore me. <laughs> These guys light me up like a Christmas tree, you know. I, I see myself in them all the time. They're, they're, yeah. so, they're just a lot of fun to be around, you know. Uh, like Matt, when I went through Centerpoint both times, you, you always had a way of relating to, to guys to us that I understood. And when I yeah. saw the type of, you know, I always said – if recovery's not fun, I'd, I'll just stay using and be miserable. But Absolutely. many times when I saw Max, I was like, you know, this sick guy seems like he's he's doing all right and having a pretty good time with being sober. And uh, you were very influential and still am to, and to my own recovery, and I feel like I needed to say that. You know, it's, a, it's really great to have you out here today. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I do. I, I think any of us can get sober for a little while. But, uh, you know, if we can learn to be okay with being sober, I think that's what, you know, that's what helps us. Yeah. You know, that's where it uh, started click for me. You know, I, I, uh, I, I look back on my, on my life and I, I think about, you know, I don't know about y'all, but early in recovery I thought, man, this is going to suck. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? This is going to be terrible. But I can look back in my life and I can re, I can see things that sucked a lot worse than recovery to me. Like uh, I'll give you like three scenarios. I I was upside down in a jeep with a seatbelt on and I was so drunk I couldn't get the seatbelt off mm. and I smelled gas and I swore it was about to burst into flames any moment. Wow. You know that's <laughs> yeah. a that's a horrible feeling. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, another one was. Uh, I was chained to a table in, a, in an orange jumpsuit with uh, several people sitting around in suits and ties talking about me. Because I found something out in, 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 you know, in recovery that there came a point in my life when everyone stopped talking to me and started talking about me. You That's know? never a good thing <laughs> when they're talking about you. Thing. And you're going to go out and you're going to stand in front of a judge and uh, you know that no scenario ends and you going home that night. Mm-hmm. And that sucks a lot worse than recovery. And the last one I'll share with you guys is I—I uh, I don't know about y'all, but I, I had a pretty bad habit, and I was carpet comber. I don't know; very few men want to admit to being a carpet comber. <laughs> but uh, that's where you—you—you smoked a lot of dope in, in that recliner, and you're thinking, you know what? I probably dropped some. And you're digging around, and you're digging around, and you finally found a piece, and you put it in your pipe. And you realize you're smoking a toenail, you know. <laughs> That's a great. That's time. worse than great recovery. You know? Worse yeah. than recovery. And <laughs> I know people out there that can relate to that and smoke popcorn and everything else. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely relate to that. You used to tell that story all the time. You did a thing called Toolbox Tuesday, where yeah. you teach class yeah. every Tuesday, and there's some other stories in there. And you do a little dance, and it was uh, <laughs> you made it fun, and uh, you know, right. I got to see it. I don't know, countless times while I was in there. The first. First few times I, I loved it, and then it got old. But then towards the end, and towards the <laughs> end, I, I liked it again, and, and now I miss it. We'll be right back. Did you know that recovery from substance use disorder and mental health go hand in hand? 
That is why the caring and compassionate mental health professionals at Four Rivers Behavioral Health in Paducah are here to help you find your balance. They are proud of you for making the changes necessary to live a healthier life and would love to see you reach your full potential. Give them a call at 270-442-7121 or stop by the downtown location at 425 Broadway in Paducah, Kentucky. Speaking of Centerpoint, Centerpoint is a recovery Kentucky program, and I know we're all going to be a little biased when we come talk about how great it is, but it really, Centerpoint's a great, great thing. But Max has the... <laughs> since he's moved up in the world. Tell us a little bit about the center point and what makes it special. Well, I think uh, one thing that, that helps center point is my predecessor, uh, the, the person that was the site administrator before me, she had a, a, a social worker's background. And I'm not saying that one way is better or one way is worse, but, but a lot of the centers are run by people who have a Department of Corrections background. And I think because she had that social worker's background, there was a lot more emphasis on respect and kindness. And I believe that's one thing that makes Centerpoint a little bit unique. But all the centers, man, I can't say enough good, good things about Recovery Kentucky. It's hard to believe that Kentucky is, has something like that that's cutting edge of recovery, but it's a really a great thing. You know, all the centers are. How many centers, do you know how many centers there are now? I think we have 18 now. Man, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, nine women's, nine men, I believe, at last count. I'm thinking that's right, yeah. I've, I've, of course, I'm been a beneficial. I'm always going to think Centerpoint's the best one because it's the one I went through <laughs> but uh, twice, right? <laughs> Which I was grateful they let me back a second time. But uh, I know it changed my life. And uh, I, one of the things I really love today is getting to go back and sponsor guys there and to still be a part of Centerpoint even after you yeah. graduate. I think that's so important. And I, I love how y'all let it, let alumni come back and do things. And I think that's really special in that program. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love that. I love that about it, too. You know, uh, we got a picnic coming up in September, which is the 10th. Tenth one we'll have the alumni picnic, and the last one we had uh, pre-COVID, uh, there was a uh, close to six hundred people there. So it's a wow. it's a big gathering, and a lot of them are alumni from Center Point. And I really love to see everybody come back, you know, and share their experiences and just have fun. You know, it's amazing that uh, Four Rivers trusts so many of us once we've went through that program. Uh, if if you if you actually go around the Four Rivers building like I do sometimes, it's a I know a lot of the guys from recovery now work here. You yeah. know, it's yeah. a they get us sober and then employ us. It's pretty awesome. I I, I think that's a you know it's it, I think that's one thing that makes Four Rivers special mm-hmm. is uh, they give people like us a chance. You know, I know they certainly gave me a chance. You know, they've uh, they've done a lot for me. You know. Um, I like to say I worked my way up through this thing, and they kind of took a chance on me, and it's a it's really paid off for me, and I hope for them. You know, I hope I do a pretty decent job. It's hard to say, so I think I'll get to come back tomorrow. So that's all right. That's good. Yeah, Centerpoint's the only uh, recovery center I've been through, and but I know that like walking in there and just feeling the love, you know, immediately accepted by everybody in there. And, you know, I've heard it's, it's kind of like that in a lot of them uh, in Kentucky, but I only have that experience. And, you know, I, it mean a lot to me to, to, you know, where I came from, I didn't 
I was in the pits of despair, didn't even want to be alive when I got to center point, you know, uh, and was half dead. And to walk in there and see that there were other people trying to do something different. Like you said, I, I, uh, I thought sobriety was going was gonna to suck. And, um, you know, I would have no fun and no friends because everyone I know knew it was getting hot, you know. But to see that there were people trying to change their lives for the better and that had been where I'd been and people who were relatable, uh, like yourself, that it was like, it made it, made it special, you know. Sure, sure. I think... Uh I think anyone that winds up in a recovery Kentucky center anywhere in the state has won the lottery. They're all they're all great centers, you know. And I'm I'm kind of like you. I'm partial to Center Point because it's the one I went through and it's the one I know. But I, I think that the whole program is just it, it's amazing that they do so much for people in substance that have substance use disorder. It really is. And center point is is rare in the case that y'all have a lot of guys with co-occurring disorders as well. We do, we do. We have a lot of a, a lot of people with mental health issues, and it's that you know it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, yeah. I think, uh, and uh, everyone needs help. You know, I don't. For me personally, going through center point. The second time was not as fun as the first, but it was, of course, COVID lockdown and all those things. Uh, the building just recently opened opened, opened back up. Are you, is it good to be back to business it as is. usual? It is so good to be back to our regular program. Uh, you know, COVID was very difficult on us. Uh, we had we had lockdowns. We had uh, we had were, well, I shouldn't really call it lockdowns. I guess it was more of an isolation and quarantining kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, we. Uh, we, uh, you know, we we had couldn't leave the building. There was a lot of a, a lot of things that the guys missed out on. And I think as we, uh, I think as we, the dust clears on this, we're going to find out that it's really been a struggle everywhere for people with substance use disorder. You know, I really do. I know. I'm really glad that the world is somewhat getting back to normal and meetings are happening the way that yes. they used to. I know we're getting ready to do a recovery hike and we're getting, you know, we've got our uh, holiday world trip planned. Looking forward to those. It's it's good to be back in the swing of normal, what I like to call normal recovery, which I is hear you. including fun meetings, being around people, seeing the center point guys get out at the meetings is great. And, it's just it's uh, it's a blessing. I think that yeah. uh, I find gratitude in it at the, after the after the fact. Sure, you know, you know, for me, uh, meetings are very are very important for my recovery. And it got to a point there where we couldn't even find meetings. Uh, there were virtual meetings, and that's a, that was about it. And I'm not knocking them, but it just wasn't my thing. I like in person meeting, and I'm I'm glad to see us getting back to that, you know, and and I think that's so important for my type of recovery. For you know, uh, not I, everyone has a different path to recovery, and that's all I, I love that. But for me personally, you know, the meetings and uh, sponsorship uh, that that's what I need to do, you know, and I still do the same thing today that I did coming through Center Point, you know, and it's. So far, it's worked. It's worked very well for me. I know that uh, when I've come through, some guys are like, "You're not. You're going to leave here. You won't be around any of these guys anymore." But most of my friends, especially close friends, are, are alumni. Center point are from the rooms of of, of meetings. Yeah, 
that's that's who my friends are today. So I found in rehab that the guys I went through with are still the guys I'm hanging out with. I know. I always hate it when people say you're gonna you came in here alone. You're gonna leave alone. I don't find that to be true at all. At like, all. I've no. I, I've made great friends in there, and not all of them succeed in sobriety. But you know, they're still friends who I care for, and I try to be there for. Hope they make it back. But like I said, me and Sam are great friends. Max, I have a lot yeah. of respect for you. Consider true. you a friend. All the people that there's, I have a lot of brothers and sisters now. You know, now that I'm out of there, like I was, I was a lot. It was locked down or in quarantine the whole time that I was there, which I think was good for me from being from around here to not have any kind of temptations. You know, (laughs) but you know, I understand that it's an important part of them to be able to get out and get involved in the recovery community and meet people and get used to going to those outside meetings and stuff like that. Sure, you got to test the waters at some point. I think. But I don't know about y'all, but, you know, for me, when I when I got into recovery, I realized that there's a whole different world out there Absolutely. that I knew nothing about. Yeah. Because uh, I, I surrounded myself with like, like-minded people. If, if you weren't using, you didn't pull up in my driveway before recovery, you know. And I, I had no idea that there's a, a, a large group of people in recovery that are – you know, they're good people and, and awesome friends, you know. I'm like like Sam was saying, about every friend I have is in recovery, you know. Hope is the big thing Centerpoint brought to me. I never thought I could get sober. I didn't believe that people really were sober. I thought everybody was getting messed up on something. And if they were saying they were sober and clean, they were just lying about it. Because that's what I did. But getting to Centerpoint gave me hope that I could actually stop using and that I could live a certain way. And I seen guys that were doing the deal with the alumni coming back and the picnics and all the great stuff that happens. That's where that hope came from for me. I still didn't get it right away. It still took me a couple more chances down the road, but I still, that's the whole beauty of the whole program. And I think all the recovery Kentucky centers is that you actually see it. When I see it, I, I believe it. You know, faith is still, still tangible <laughs> evidence. <laughs> I didn't have faith when I, before I got into a program. So I, if I didn't see it, I didn't believe it. And I was like, you, everybody I surrounded myself were, were people who were in active addiction. That's what I saw every day. So, of course, I believed that everybody was, was getting sure. messed up. Right. It's, a, it's a totally different lifestyle. And, you know, for me, uh, it's kind of a two-edged sword, you know, of uh, my behavior and and my use they're tied together if i have if i start that uh shady behavior that i always done i'll 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 be i'll have a return to use you know and if i have a return to use i'll start that shady behavior that i always done so it's actually you know the book talks about it being a design for living and that's exactly what it is is. that's what it is for me you know it's changed the way i think most importantly, probably about myself, and it's changed the way I think about you guys and other people. Has changed the way I think about my family, you know. And uh, I find gratitude in, in nearly everything now, you know. I, I found that I always thought I did bad things because of drugs and alcohol. I realized that was not the case. I did drugs and alcohol because I was doing a bunch of wrong stuff. It was the symptom not the disease right once i realized that i was the problem which is one of the biggest things that center point taught me was that sure i was the problem then it became about 
that living a better life, being a better person, kindness, patience, love, tolerance, all those things that I had never been before. I, I always wanted what I want when I wanted it right then. And it was learning that through through recovery that it's made my life so much better. That I couldn't imagine when I got into recovery how much better my life could be than what it was. I just yeah. couldn't see it. And every day it gets a little bit better. And and I will center point for all, all that in AA and God, of course. And it, uh, I think it helps us. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I never learned how to deal with my emotions or anything. Because mm-hmm. when I was... Uh, when I was growing up and, and after I got to an uh, early adulthood, you know, if I, uh, if I had a good emotion, I enhanced it with drugs and alcohol. If I had a bad emotion, I suppressed it with drugs and alcohol. Right. So not only did I stay messed up all the time, I really never learned how to deal with any emotions, you know. I didn't even realize I had any. I mean, I spent most of my life, I had two emotions, hungry or horny, you know. That was the two <laughs> that I had, you know. So this is, uh, it's helped me... Uh, it's helped me deal with my emotions, you know, and uh, I, I have compassion and empathy now that uh, sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's not. You know, I, I'm, I've found that I'm a pretty sensitive guy, and I never knew that. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Batman beat Superman up, I started crying, you know. <laughs> I tear up every time a dollar store opens up, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of emotions, it, it is amazing to me how many more emotions I feel has and that stuff that I will I will cry at some weird stuff nowadays. I'll still try to hide it where nobody sees me because I still deal with that. But yeah, something on TV can jerk me every once in a while. I'm like, you're just a. What did you turn into such an emotional wreck that you can, TV can set you off? But that's funny you said that. Yeah. Yeah, I broke out in tears the other day riding my bike for the, you know, it's been winter, I haven't had a chance to do it, and I got out there on a nice day riding towards downtown with the sun coming up, I had my music in, and I just started crying, I was like, because I've missed this, you know, stuff like that that I would never have appreciated before, you know, and I would have never told anybody if I had done it. (laughs) Well, I know, I know for Max in particular, and you too, Matt, where I grew up, I was taught Men don't cry or have feelings, and you're from absolutely. You're, where were you? Where did you grow up? Ballard County, Kentucky, in the River Bottoms. That's so. what I thought. Yeah. yeah, I'm guessing that you probably weren't taught that guys feel no, emotions. No, none of that. You know, it's a, I had a stepdad that did, you didn't do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah, exactly. I heard that a lot. You know. So, yeah. uh, so I, what I found in recovery is that all that stuff is okay, and yeah. uh, you know what? the feelings I have today, I cherish them. I'm not trying to cover them up, even the bad ones. If I'm feeling bad about something, it's usually because I need to change something, or just because I actually care about people today. You know, uh, I found that grief and having bad feelings is just as acceptable as having good feelings. Because, like Max, if I was Having good feelings, I felt like I needed to enhance them. And if I was having bad feelings, well, I felt like I needed to shut them away in a deep, dark place and cover them up with booze and whatever other substance I could get my hands on. Yeah. yeah, And I think a lot of that comes with the with the honesty part of the program, or it did for me. You know, once, once I figured out, I could always be about half honest with everyone else. But once I figured out how to be honest with myself, you know, and uh, that made a, a big difference in the way I approach things. And, I, you know, it, it, it just, uh, 
it, it changed things so much, that honesty part of it. Um, and because I had to learn that, you know, that's been a long time being dishonest. And I was good at it, you know, and I had to learn how to be honest and especially honest with myself, you know. I don't know about you, but my dishonesty started at a very early oh, yeah. age. Yeah. yeah. Way before that first drink or that right. first drug. <laughs> I understand. You know, I've yeah, been, once you realize you can get out of something by telling yeah. a little lie, then you're like, yeah. wait a minute, even yeah. as a little kid, you, like, mm-hmm. thought, you remember I, that. You know? I've, I've heard some people say, well, you know, alcoholism, you have it for life. I don't know, but I, I know, like kindergarten, I shook her to use her drink that day. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a buddy in recovery, and he, me and him were in the same kindergarten class. He, one time he told me, he said, you, we should have known we were going to be alcoholics from the get-go. He said, I'm big, was bigger than everybody in the class, and I'm just balling first day of kindergarten. And you showed up in your Spider-Man's pajamas where your mom couldn't get you into real clothes. So he said, there was probably the two first early warning signs that we were going to be in recovery. I hear you. I hear you. I, uh, the second grade, I crawled out the window and went home. We lived pretty close to the school, so I decided this wasn't for me. I'm leaving. Quit school in second grade? <laughs> yeah. Well, I got to go. <laughs> my yeah. grandpa would always tell a story that he, uh, when my sister was being born, he'd show up with, we went to McDonald's, and he had his arms full of, like, burgers for everybody that was at the hospital. And he looked at me, and he saw in my eyes I was about to take off running because I realized that he couldn't do nothing. He had a bunch of stuff, and I just took off running. And he had to throw all the burgers down and chase after me. That's the signs. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, y'all. Did you know it's illegal to own just one guinea pig in Switzerland because they get lonely? Here at Turning Point, we don't want you to ever be lonely either. That's why we are open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Always feel free to come hang with our friendly staff and don't forget your guinea pig. We're located at 415 Broadway Street, downtown Paducah. (laughs) (laughs) If we only do then what we know. I'm not sure I would change anything because I, I really like, you know, I hear people say, I'm glad I'm an alcoholic. I don't know about that, but I'm glad that I found a solution for my alcoholism and addiction. You know what I mean? I'm just glad that I can use all that stuff now. It wasn't for nothing that I can use it now to try and help the next alcoholic. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. You know, I was talking to to, uh, Miss Thelma the other day about that, about my past and how I wouldn't change anything, even the stuff that I'm not proud of because it made me who I was today. Yeah, you know what? What I get to do today is help people, and there's no no bigger blessing I don't think in the world than to be able to help another person, whether they're alcoholic or just need a helping hand. It's it's a wonderful way to live because I looked at the world for so long as only what I could take from it. Absolutely, I agree. And I, you know, I've had countless jobs, but uh, once I got involved in recovery. And it was by accident. I certainly didn't plan this. I mean, if someone would have told me 15 years ago that, hey, you know what, you're going to be running a treatment center someday, I would have said, well, you're crazy. You know, this ain't going to happen. But the one thing is uh, I've had countless jobs, but I really feel like, you know, I have a purpose now. Um, And I don't ever get up and think, you know, oh, Lord, I got to go to work. You know, (laughs) I get up with that purpose in mind and uh, 
I have the opportunity to help another person that's been through what I've been through or similar situations, and that's a, that's a blessing for me. It really is. Yeah. I think one of the biggest blessings about working at Center Point, because we were all peer mentors there, so we've all worked there in some extent sure. or another, is just watching it when that light bulb turns on. <laughs> yeah. Knowing that, that aha right. moment when yeah. the head comes out of the, right. the, you know, just, man, I see the, I see the, the light. And that is awesome to be able to watch in people on a, if there's if something doesn't spirit, fill up your spirit, that doesn't fill up your spiritual bank. I don't know what will. I, I tell you, I, yeah. that class that Matt was talking about that I taught so many times, I used to love to just watch out and kind of look out through the crowd and, and like you say, I could see it when huh, they get it. He gets it, you know. <laughs> he gets it. I love that about it, man. Uh, you know, I wish. I hope everybody can find a way out of it. Substance use disorder. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing. You know, or it was for me. Um, I like I say, I'm, I'm an instant success after 38 years of trying. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it wasn't something that came overnight for me. I think my biggest worry with with substance use disorder today is, is is fentanyl. It's just taking guys so early on in life. Yeah, and it's you ha- you have to get started in recover recovery of some kind almost earlier because the guys don't make it to my age anymore with the substances that are out there. Yeah, they're yeah. they're dying way earlier, and it's just really scary. I think it's a scary time and and for for recovery not just because. 18 and 19 year olds are taking pills that are supposed to be this and they're just loaded up with fentanyl and oh yeah it's a it is a man it's tragic for sure you know it's changed the the scope of of addiction you know fentanyl is you know like you say that that's why i think any path to recovery is good i'm 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 out for anything any way anyone can get recovery because at at this point, it's like Sam was saying, you know, you never know when you're going to take something, and it's the last time you take something, and that's just tragic. I uh, I know y'all seen the the board, the memorial board there at Center Point, and uh, I know every person up there. I've been doing this long enough that I know every single person wow. up there, and it's just it's heartbreaking. It really is, you know, and it's taking people every day. And there again, I think when the dust settles from this COVID, it's going to be, uh, numbers are going to be increasing, you know. I know when the building was locked down there for a while, it just seemed like we were hanging a new picture almost every week there for a while, and it was just, it's it's heartbreaking, but, you know, one of the guys that's on there always said, you're going to carry the message one way or another, either either with your your, your actions or when you, when you pass away, and I, I really... It's one big motivator for me to stay sober is I don't, I don't want to end up on that that, that the memorial board back there. Sure, yeah, yeah. I had a friend that was on that wall when I got in there. That I went to high school with who I didn't even know had passed or had been through that treatment center until yeah. I went got in there. And while I was in there, his older brother who I was friends with, who had been sober for seven years, went back out and used once and passed away. And you know, it messed with me for a while because I was early in the program and. But I was able to find a way to use that as fuel as that I have to stick to doing this every day that I can't psych up on it. Whether you have seven years or 20 years, whatever it is, you have to stay vigilant. 
and work this program every day. Sure. And I, I don't know about y'all, but that that really motivates me to reach people, mm-hmm. you know, to try. I, I'll go the extra mile. I'll, I'll try, you know. I'll get that person in the second, third, fourth time, you know, because I, I, I'm cognitive of, of fentanyl and I know what it's doing. And, you know, like like Sam was saying, it's disguised. You know, you might think you're taking something and it'd be fentanyl and that's the last time you take anything, you know. Yeah. And it's just tragic. really is. I, I think you get people into treatment as many times as they're willing to go. That's my personal belief because – it happened, you know, once for you. I've been to three. I think Sarah said she's been to twenty something. Yeah. So who's to say which one is going to work? But the fact of the matter is, if I'm sitting in a treatment center, I'm learning good things no matter what. And two, I'm I'm at less risk of dying because, like, I mean, like we said, fentanyl is they're finding it in everything, um, which is why I love that. Narcan distribution is so, so, so important today. I think everybody yes. should have a box of Narcan, whether there's, they're dealing with somebody in addiction or not, because you never know when you're going to be the guy or girl that walks up on somebody at the park or in a car. It's just a life-saving drug. So I keep it in my truck. You know, I keep Narcan in my truck. I keep it, you know, we have it at the center. Uh, we've had occasion to use it at the at, not at, on one of our guys, but a young lady brought someone up there, mm-hmm. and uh, we had an occasion to use it then. So it's prevalent, you know. It's I like, and I wish there was some way to know how many lives have been saved with Narcan. Wouldn't that be awesome if we had yeah. some kind of number? Because there's really no way to know. Uh, not that I know of. I don't think anyone's kept statistics on that. But it, man, it's bound to be thousands and thousands oh, of yeah. lives. I'm sure that have been saved because of Narcan. You know. Yeah. If, if you ever had it used on you, Matt? No. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm older. When I was just dumped in a bathtub with a bunch of ice, a couple <laughs> times I overdosed. <laughs> yeah. Old school. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. But it is a blessing because I, I know of several people whose lives it has saved, you know, and you're right. It would be awesome to know that. But the important thing is that it is saving yeah, lives. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It is. It's working. Yeah. You know, and I, I thank God for it. You know, it's a it's, it's a godsend for real because sometimes the bathtub full of ice work and sometimes it didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, thank God we have Narcan. You don't, you don't have to get somebody push you out of the car at the hospital or any of those instances that happen. Right. Well, Max, I appreciate you coming by today to talk about all this stuff with us. Uh, I would like to remind everybody to uh, like and share that we are also also available on uh, audio versions on everything, you know, Google, Apple, Spotify, Spotify, uh, Podbean. All that stuff. So uh, you know, click the link. Click the link in the description. I think is what Brandon said to say. Yes, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> all right, man. Pleasure. Hey, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all having me, man. It's good talking with y'all anytime. Thanks for coming out, Max. Love you guys. Right. Love Stay you too, Bye bye. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction or in recovery and needs guidance, speak with Turning Points team of peer support specialists by calling 270-444-3621. You are not alone, and we are proof that recovery is possible.